Welcome to episode seven of the Liberty Sports Fan Podcast. My name is Ethan Bryant, alongside my co-host, Bradley Cooper. And in today's episode, we're going to be discussing the Liberty basketball season so far and some interesting news surrounding the program. Is There's been a couple guys who have announced that they're entering the transfer portal. And at the end of the episode, uh, we might just touch on a little bit of the baseball team as their season is kind of at the midway point this year and the softball team as well. But without further ado, I'll kick things off to Bradley as we start discussing this college basketball season and the end of it. Yep. So overall, pretty good season. You know, casually made the NIT, set, made it to the second round, then lost to Wisconsin. Um, but we beat we beat Villanova, which is actually a pretty big step for the program. Uh, so it's nothing to be ashamed of this season for you know, losing the ASUN championship by one point. Um, overall, I, I'm pretty happy about the season. What about you? Yeah, I'm pretty happy about our season also. I think that um, there was some fans that definitely were very upset. And I get it. I get it. You're upset. You know, we're the, we're used to making the NCAA tournament. But, again, I, I'm thrilled because we got our first ever NIT tournament appearance and our first ever NIT tournament winning against Villanova. I got to go to that game. That game was awesome. I, I, I seriously wish that there was, you know, all the students were back because – that was probably one of the most electrifying atmospheres of this season so far of seeing that and seeing the performance that um, that Darius McGee had and the whole entire team had, because that was a game that uh, I wish I could go back and watch again uh, live. Yeah, for spring break, it was actually a really surprising crowd. And towards the end of the game, you know, normally you've got just the regular fans, not the students, you know, they don't they don't really stand for big parts of the game but I saw a lot of people standing for that for, towards the end of that game yeah there was a ton of people standing toward the end of that game I think it was because people were just like like the game was so intense because it was a very like intense matchup between both the teams I mean it was close all the way down to the wire so I understand why people were standing up but uh yeah I, I was standing up too toward the end of the game I was like this game is hype uh it was just back and forth back and forth and you love to see that in college basketball um, and talking a little bit about the Wisconsin game, though, unfortunately, we did not get the win against, the win against Wisconsin like we should have. Uh, we were winning pretty much the entire game, but we did not win. But, hey, all I got to say, though, is it was a great performance. I'm not going to complain. I wish we would have made it farther in the NIT tournament. But, hey, I cannot complain. We played against Wisconsin, and we, were, we had him on the ropes there toward the end of the game where we fell apart. So um, great game by Darius McGee. He had 31 points. So. So we had three guys enter the transfer portal, and we had Jonathan Jackson, Blake Preston, Isaiah Warfield all enter the transfer portal. To me, Isaiah Warfield was the biggest shock out of the three. Um, I think a lot of people were a little bit shocked about Isaiah Warfield in the transfer portal. I don't know, Bradley, how you feel about uh, those three guys entering, but it was very interesting to see. Yeah, Jonathan Jackson, I, I could understand entering the transfer portal, you know, probably – wanting to go to a program where he'll get more play time. Blake Preston, eh, I'm a little shocked, but not too worried. Probably wanting to just continue somewhere else. Uh, but like you said, Warfield, I'm a little more shocked because, you know, he, he was a good player. And 
regardless of what him. people say on Twitter. Regardless yeah. of what people say on Twitter. People people kind of come in at Isaiah Warfield on Twitter. I had to defend my boy. Yeah. I mean, he was he was aggressive. He could score where needed. Little struggle with the scoring. But mm-hmm. overall, he was a pretty big contributor to the team. Very much so. And especially when he came in the game, he offered that energy that, that you need on a bench player like that. Like Isaiah Warfield is your bench player that you need in college basketball. He comes in the game. He's a defender. He knows what he's supposed to do. He defends the ball and he can score when he wants to. I think that it came down to Isaiah Warfield's confidence because his sophomore year, he was not confident. His junior year toward the end of the year, this year, he has gotten a lot more confident. And it's unfortunate that we lost Isaiah Warfield. I don't know why people bash people on on Twitter. That's one thing I never understood is that a lot of the Liberty fan base I've noticed, and if you're listening and you're part of that fan base, I don't understand why you guys have to bash some of our players that have played for us. I get that maybe they weren't you know, super uh, good or whatever or what you expected them to be, but I mean – Let's be honest here. I mean, Blake Preston, he he had some great games. He had some great games for the Flames. Jonathan Jackson, you can't really say a whole lot because he never really got in the game. So, um, But uh, I just think overall we're going to miss all three of the guys. Jonathan Jackson, wherever he ends up playing, I wish him the best. Same with Isaiah and Blake. And I heard the news about Blake, the reason why he is not coming back. And um, I think like a 50-50 shot of him coming back or not. So I don't think he's going to come back. I think he's the one guy that is guaranteed probably you won't see come back. But uh, the news I heard from inside sources told told me that uh, he did not come back because he wanted to spend time with his family, which makes perfect sense. I mean, not his family, sorry, his wife. He's not having a kid yet. I think he probably will have a kid sometime in the future. They've been married enough for a couple of years, I think. But shout out to Blake Preston and his wife for wanting to spend time somewhere else and take on a new adventure. They've been here in Lynchburg for Quite a few years now, so it makes perfect sense. Yep. Now, when it comes to, like, Warfield or Jackson, do you think they'll be going to, wouldn't say a higher, but a, I guess, more known program? I think that probably not. I think my, my initial reaction to Jonathan Jackson transferring is the D1 interest, I don't know how much D1 interest he could possibly get. Um, to be quite honest with you, I think that the D1 interest he gets is going to be at lower level D1 programs. So IUPUI, you're going to see probably a lot of the Northeast Conference teams like uh, maybe like Fairleigh Dickinson and some of these other schools that are in that conference, like Robert. I don't think Robert Morris is in that conference anymore, but you got like Robert Morris school like that that I could see Jonathan Jackson going to. Or I could see him deciding to go, you know what, I want to go play for a D2 program because I know that I might be able to start. Uh, on a D2 basketball program. And a couple years ago, I don't know, Bradley, if you remember the seven-foot, like, six-giant we had on our team from – he played at Faith Christian, which is located in Roanoke, Virginia. Um, he entered the transfer portal. He left the team. He didn't get hardly any playing time as our big man. He he is, I think, maybe he graduated a couple years ago, but he's he played for a D2 program. So, John, I think you could see him doing that. Maybe Isaiah Warfield, too. I doubt it, though. Isaiah Warfield, I'd say, this is no offense to Jonathan Jackson. I think he's got a little bit more talent than Jonathan Jackson overall as the upside, I think, is still there for Isaiah Warfield to be a be a scorer, be a contributor to the team. So maybe a lower-level D1 program or a mid-D1 program you could see uh, him go to. Definitely not Duke, North Carolina. Definitely not Kansas. These guys are not going to these big schools because – I guarantee you they're all probably not going to see any some any sort of playing time on those teams. 
Yeah. Uh, looks like Liberty has at least contacted eight people in the transfer portal who are Mike Meadows from Portland, Tyler Hauser from VMI, Russell Dean from Hampton, Colton Benson from Army, Justin Wright from North Carolina Central, Rashid Bello from Parkside, Jalen Cooper from Palm Beach, and Mason Walters from Jamestown. Um, out of those eight, and what I looked at, I could see us maybe landing Mason Walters. Now, I, I don't know how big of a scorer he is or how big of a team player he is, but from who was reportedly, uh, reportedly contacting him, I think it's between what? What did I say? Liberty and Boise State, I believe. Yeah, Liberty, Bo- Liberty and Boise State are the two teams um, that he could potentially commit to. Um, so, yeah, Mason Walters, he was the NIA Men's Basketball Player of the Year. Yeah. So this guy is legit. The NAIA is below D3, by the way, for you guys listening um, to the podcast. They're below D3, so they're NIA school. Um, so that is still incredible to be named the Player of the Year. And that's not that's not to say that he won't go to one of the other schools that's contacting him. This is just my wishful thinking that Liberty is probably, hopefully, at the top of his list. Uh, let me see who else is. I think that some of these guys you mentioned, I think that we hopefully could land maybe one or two of them. Um, but Mason Walters averaged 24.2 points per game at Jamestown. So he, he was a baller. This dude was a baller at, uh, at Jamestown. So I hope we land him. And this is not the Jamestown in, the, in Virginia, by the way. He played in a school in, located in North Dakota. But uh, dude, dude was an absolute baller. I, I really hope we land some guys. Mike Meadows, the name is very familiar to me. Uh, could be a guy we could end up landing, maybe. Uh, but he's definitely a good basketball player. So I think that uh, a lot of these guys are probably receiving some power six interest from some big programs. A player like Justin Wright from North Carolina Central has apparently received interest from schools like Arkansas, Clemson, Murray State, Liberty, uh, VCU, let's see, Elon, UMBC, Charlotte, uh, Radford, Richmond, a few other schools. Um, I don't know what you. I don't know what you think about that having a, having a list of Arkansas, Clemson, the other schools. Yeah, Justin Wright, uh, by the way, is a little bit interesting because if I'm not mistaken, Liberty played North Carolina Central this year. I'm pretty sure. If I'm not mistaken, Liberty played North Carolina Central this this college basketball season. So that's very interesting there. Uh, you got a guy from Greenville, North Carolina. So uh, Darius McGee is from North Carolina, and uh, Justin Wright's listed as 6'1". So it would be very, very interesting if we could get a guy uh, who's kind of listed around the same height as Darius McGee. A little bit taller than Darius McGee, but he's a guard. So I think it's interesting that a lot of the players you see that uh, that are in this, um, you know, that are in this, this, this group of guys McKay's trying to get, they're all – uh, some sort of either guard or they're a big man, which is very interesting uh, because we're looking to replace uh, Darius McGee. I know that's probably irreplaceable to replace Darius McGee, but it's going to be a tall task for our team next year. 
Um, I think a lot of people, though, are a little bit concerned about next season because we've already lost three guys to the portal. But um, as there's some, you know, discussion on Twitter that we could see Brody Peebles or Bryson Spell enter the portal as well. Bryson Spell did not get hardly any playing time last year. I know he's a freshman, so maybe he stays another year because he thinks he's going to get more playing time. I don't see it happening. Um, but Brody Peebles is one you want to keep your eye out on. I would it would suck if we lost Brody Peebles. It would absolutely suck because Brody Peebles had some great games this year. I know that me and Bradley talked about off the air uh, last night a little bit about he heard on Twitter. I know Bradley, if you want to touch on that about people saying that he was maybe hurt throughout the year. Yeah, this is just people talking, pure speculation. Um, you saw him a fair amount at the beginning of the season, and then he kind of just sat on the bench. It never hardly got put in. Um, so I believe I saw someone say that, that that they were speculating that maybe it'll come out at some point that he got hurt. Um, but I think if, and this is only if, um, if we were to lose a player like him, that would really, really hurt because, you know, he, he was, he's a good shooter. I mean, he, he can play. Yeah. He's definitely the potential there for Brody Peebles to have a breakout year next year is there. I can see it happening and it would suck to lose Brody Peebles. And again, this is pure speculation. I, I have not heard anything from anybody that they're going to leave, but uh, we are assuming that on the fact that the playing time decreased for Brody significantly uh, toward the end of the year. So that to me is an indication that something might be there. I don't know, you know, what has been said behind scenes, behind the scenes. We obviously don't know uh, what's going on in that locker room with, with McKay's having, you know, phone calls with the, these guys and maybe their parents and whatnot. So we don't necessarily know exactly everything and, and it could be something like he's going to get playing time next season so he's going to stay and i and that might be true and it might not be but obviously we don't know what's going on behind closed doors in those practice courts or whatever you say but it's a big if game and I haven't heard a thing about Colin Porter or Zach Cleveland leaving, but I hope that they don't. And I don't have anything to support that they will or want to, but Colin Porter had a really good season this year. And I think if he builds off that, he'll have a even better season next year. And even the one after that. There's no indication on why, you know, a guy like Cleveland or Porter would lead. Porter started last year, and the potential is definitely there for him to contribute mightily to this Liberty basketball team. So I think Porter, Cleveland, Benzant, they're all they're all going to be here. But uh, I got the list pulled up now. I believe that we have, um, I think, like 10 guys left that have eligibility to come back. Joseph Benzant, Bryson Spell, Colin Porter, Ben Sutherland, Shire Jr., um, and then we have McKay, obviously, Gabriel McKay, the coach's son, uh, we have Brody Peebles, Zach Cleveland, Caillou, who is the freshman coming in from China. I might be pronouncing his name wrong. I'm not sure about that yet. I gotta get, I gotta get on that. And then we have Curtis Blair from Richmond, Virginia, another freshman coming in, three-star recruit. So that's ten guys there. Uh, if I, if my math is correct, that's ten guys. We have Kyle Rhodes, Shiloh Robinson could come back next year with that extra year of COVID eligibility. We'll have to wait and see. That's a whole. Um, interesting situation. Don't know for sure or not if they're coming back. 
but um, definitely would love to have Kyle Road and Shiloh coming back for their last year. But that would make 12 guys. So I think they were definitely going to the portal. If anything has indicated this offseason with the basketball team, I think that we're going to the porter, portal Sorry, to get some guys. Yeah, and that's, if I'm not mistaken, that's not really something McKay has done in the past. It really seems like he's focusing on the portal this year. Yeah, um, he is definitely looking at the portal this year. Last year was uh, some fans complained that he wasn't looking at the portal, which to me is crazy. Like, why? Like, why complain? Um, but he didn't go to the portal last year a whole lot. I remember when they had Chris Parker, he was very, very just amazing for our team. And he's a guy that we need a guy like Chris Parker uh, to come on our team that's going to come and have an immediate impact on our team and change the game change the offense the offense I think is my biggest concern for Liberty next year is our offense who is going to step up after we lose Darius McGee that is the big question surrounding the Flames next year I think definitely that's that's the huge question mark yep and I'm really hoping that McKay gets some size on the team because you know we're not, we're not a terribly small team but you've got players like uh, Porter who's same height as Darius, but, you know, that's a little short. Um, but if you can get some size on this team and have them, you know, be shooters, scorers, and all that, I think combine that with a good defense, I think we're pretty pretty much set if we do that. Yeah, you talk about size. I mean, that was a big question mark this year was our size. And a lot of aspects of that was at times a season – we got out-rebounded because of our size. We don't have, like, you know, the tall skies. Even our big man, they're, they're not super tall either. So if we can recruit some guys that got some size to them and, you know, that are ballers that can actually be, like, big men that can go out and score and get you, like, 20 points a game a night, you know what I mean? Then we're going to be we're gonna be pretty, I think, as, as long as we get a big man. We don't even have to get a guard that's super good. We get a big man that can put up, like, 20 points per game. I think we'll be just fine. I think McKay is going to work his magic. Obviously, he's probably going to do some recruiting maybe, but I think the portal is going to be the biggest success if we use it. Yeah, I think this offseason, that is the big the big thing of how we get more talent on our team. Not anything to discredit the guys that we have, but I think that we could use a few more guys on our team to definitely – help help us out a little bit on the offensive end and in the defensive end in certain aspects. I think the defense is fine for our team because McKay is obviously a defensive mastermind with the pack line and the type of defenses he runs. But that is something we got to keep our eye out on for sure. I think Curtis Blair, though, is going to get some playing time next year. I mean, I, I think he will. He's a three-star recruit. Uh, he's a forward on the team. I, I would be shocked if he doesn't get any playing time next year. guess time will tell. Yeah, time definitely will tell. But I think that's it for our basketball segment, Bradley, unless you have anything else to talk about or touch on uh, with the basketball team. Uh, I just want to reiterate that whenever we talk about people leaving, unless they are in the portal, it is pure just talking. Don't have yes much of anything to support our statements. And yeah, it is pure speculation on when we mention stuff like that. We... I, I do have a few inside sources, but again, I, I, I'm not allowed to sit there and 
publicly state like players, you know, leaving before they leave. Uh, when I say Brody Peebles or Bryson Spell leaving, that means just pure speculation. I have no idea if they're going to come back or not. I don't think anyone does at this point, but those were the two guys we thought that might leave because of, you know, playing time decreasing and Bryson Spell just not, you know, being an immediate impact as a freshman this year. But I think that's it for our, you know, our basketball conversation. Let's move things over toward the baseball team. I know our baseball team, we just came off of a win, right, Bradley, against ODU? Yep, 9-5. to five. That, 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 I saw the, 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 the baseball team practice yesterday, so that was, a, that was definitely a treat. If you guys remember uh, earlier in an episode, I think it was episode maybe six, I mentioned it, that our baseball team could go on a big losing streak. You know, I, did, that, did that happen? I mean – um, I, I know that, that we lost was before East Carolina series. So we lost the East Carolina series, uh, lost to Wake Forest and lost the series to Florida Gulf Coast, only winning one of those games. Yes. Uh, so, so we're overall a 9-11 record. Yeah. Overall, not a great season so far, but there's definitely potential to build and playing Austin P this upcoming weekend should be a win. Yeah, I think we should win at least two, hopefully three games in the Austin P series. And then we played Duke and I think we, we already beat Duke earlier this year. So, yeah. and we played Duke at home. Uh, but I talked about in the earlier episode that the schedule is getting easier for our guys on the mound. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's still there's still a long way to go. We still got Virginia, Virginia Tech, uh, and Wake, Wake Forest, Forest again. again. <laughs> Wake Forest again, yeah. Uh, so the schedule this year is hard, but I mean, I think, and, and I'm just saying this, I'm just saying this, this has been the worst year for Liberty Baseball under Scott Jackson. Out of his tenure here, after Ooh. coming over from North, North Carolina, this has been the worst season so far that they've started out as his tenure. So is the hot seat going up for Scott Jackson and the Flames? I don't know. I, I think don't you're know. just saying words. I think I might just be saying words, yeah. But is is the hot seat – is the hot is, is the pot cooking a little bit? I, I don't think so. But uh, Scott Jackson, this is – um, the worst season they, they've started out so far uh, as far as his tenure with the Flames. This has been the worst season they've started out. Uh, not finished, though, uh, because his first season was not good. But this has been kind of a very interesting season, though, uh, overall. It's been disappointing, but I think we could turn it around there at the end. I, th- I think they will. I think the team struggled in the games where you'd expect to struggle. You know, Florida Gulf Coast, great team. Wake Forest, even better team. East Carolina, a good team. You're, you're going you, – you've got to go into those games with your best mindset. But those teams are statistically the better team. And yep. going into that, it's – you got to go into it 50-50. But you lose, you got to move on. And I think the Austin P series should – be the Liberty baseball we're expecting we're expecting to see. Um, just gotta see how it plays out the rest of the season. 
Yeah, again, again, I, I agree with you, Bradley. So some of the losses we've had were to better teams overall. And a lot of the guys this year, we've we just had up and down with, you know, our bats hitting or not. And the pitching has been kind of up and down also. But uh, going back to what I, the statement I had earlier about Scott Jackson and the worst season they, that uh, they've had so far, uh, his first year with the Flames was in 2017. He went 32 and 23. In 2018, he went 32 and 26. So, I'd say that this has been, like I said, I'll keep that statement. The worst year they've started out uh, under Scott Jackson, going back to the 2018 year they had in the 2017. So it's just very interesting to see how things have changed. Uh, overall, the past couple of years, uh, we had 43 and 21, the first year in the ASUN. 2020 was a COVID year, got shut down. 2021 went 41 and 16. 2022, we went 37 and 23. So Scott Jackson has been phenomenal for the Flames. The only reason why I say maybe the 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 pot's a little stirring a little bit at the hot seat, I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, that's again pure speculation. But who knows? If you're, you're going to flame anyone on Twitter, flame Ethan. That's that's flame me. That's my Leave opinion. Me out of that's this. my opinion. Leave Bradley out of this. He's, he's just a, he's a good little kid. Don't 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 flame him. I'm just I'm just a I just go to school. That's all I do. He just goes to school at Liberty. We just both go to school at Liberty, and we state our opinions that some people get very upset about sometimes. You. They get upset at you. They get upset at me, mainly. Yes. Yeah. Uh, how about the softball team, though? Our streak, our uh, win streak came to an end, but I, I would say that was absolutely phenomenal there that our softball team that we went on that just huge, huge win streak. It was like 16 or 17 games, I think, that we won in a row. So our team this year is 17 and 10. Uh, the softball team is. And we just came off of a win against North Carolina. At North Carolina, 5-1 to one win. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The uh, win streak came to a close at Duke. Yeah, I will say, though, I need to go to a softball game. Our softball team this year has been phenomenal. I would say that has been and probably will continue to be the bright spot of our spring. Uh, I think the baseball team will turn it around eventually. But right now, I'm I'm hooked on our softball team, to be honest with you. I think that uh, we could win, hopefully, the first round of the NCAA tournament with how well we're playing. They are undefeated in ASUN play so far. Yeah, I think that the Ace Sun should be a breeze. I don't think we have to really worry about anyone in the Ace Sun as far as softball goes. Um, maybe Central Arkansas, but I think that maybe North Florida, but I think we should be good. They've got a uh, doubleheader against Florida Gulf Coast on the 25th at 1 and 3.30, and then the third game on Sunday. Might be going to those games, baby. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday softball. Love to see it. You said you can uh, you can see those games from the sidewalk at Liberty. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of it's actually that's kind of funny. You're right about that, and I, I mean I'm sure people do that. I haven't been uh, when the softball game was going on and seen people at the sidewalk, so I wouldn't be shocked if people do that, Bradley. That is very good, a good point. You don't even have to like if you're like a you know a random person, not a student, because you know students get in free. But if you were just standing up there at the top yeah, of you, you could just you could watch softball. You could just watch softball for free. Yeah, if you want to. Shoot, if you're if you're going to class, but you don't got class for like ever, you could watch softball. Exactly. It's just weird. not go in. 
Yeah. Oh, you could but do yeah. your homework while watching softball. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> you could do your homework watching softball. And then they play Virginia Tech on the 28th and then a three-game series against Kennesaw State to start April. Oh, yeah. And then after the, the after late April, it starts May. And May is when we get into the final few minutes of a sun play. And then we start the ASUN championship round, which is going to be in Dillon, Florida. I really wish they would play. I really wish they would do what men's basketball does. I really wish they would do what men's basketball does and actually, you know, play the first home game, you know, the home games all the way through that. That would be, that would be awesome. But they yeah, unfortunately I, just, don't I, do I think, that. I think when it comes to baseball and softball, it's easier to do it that way. Yeah, it definitely is probably easier uh, to do it that way. It makes a lot of sense to have all the teams there kind of in one tournament. Yeah, it makes sense. Probably cost expenses, take that down, because baseball, softball don't bring in the most revenue when it comes to athletic programs. I think basketball, football obviously bring in the most. And talking about football, by the way, uh, me and Bradley are going to be covering Liberty football throughout this spring. Very excited to continue to have coverage. Bradley and me have been to a couple of the press conferences they've had um, with some of the head coaches, uh, some of the positional head coaches, and off, and obviously head coach Jamie Chadwell. Uh, spring is, like I said, we're, we officially, I think we kicked off with spring. Um, practices have started. So the spring game is right around the corner. I believe it's April 15th, if I'm not mistaken, Bradley. I couldn't tell you. I don't know. I think I think April fifth, April fifteenth, if I'm not mistaken, is the spring game. So I plan on going to that game. I plan on going to that game to see our quarterbacks, see our guys play, um, and go out. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I've been trying to I've been trying to watch the quarterbacks in the practice. I've been able to see. Obviously, I don't I don't see them in the defensive offensive context. It's just running plays. Um, yeah. But I'm really looking forward to seeing that quarterback battle and how it ends up. Yeah, for sure, man. Like I, I'm looking forward to that too, and I, I'm just looking forward to football season kicking off like next year. Like getting a, being able to go to the press conferences and kind of see how the week plays out for the and how they prepare is something I'm looking forward to. And football season to me, football like is the top, the cream of the crop when it comes to you know sports at, at, at just in general. Oh yeah, uh, so. So football for me and this football season, as we anticipate Liberty to have a fantastic year this year. Yeah. And first, I just want to thank uh, Todd Wetmore for letting us come to those spring practice conferences and those open practices. Just seeing how practice operates, it's kind of just a different perspective on football. I've only, you know, I've only ever seen teams just play football. But to see them and how they listen to coaches, how they set up in different sections, and also just to go into the indoor facility, that place is nice. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. And, and again, thank you, Mr. Wetmore, for allowing us to have that opportunity to do that. So that's that's amazing that we get to get an on-field, on-access look, and it's something that a lot of people don't uh, get to have. So definitely not taking that for granted. So. Very thankful for this opportunity to be able to cover Liberty sports uh, in a different in a different aspect and to kind of get that inside look, the inside scoop of uh, what's going on and, um, and and kind of working there with a sea of red. This has been uh, 
very, very amazing opportunity for us. Yep, just to learn what questions get asked is also a big part of what I really like. Um, it's just, it's a different learning experience. Yeah, it definitely is a very different learning experience. I know Bradley, aeronautics major, I'm a digital media sports journalism major, so uh, quite, the opposite. Kind of, quite the opposite. That's what I want to do. Uh, uh, digital media, sports journalism, and flying planes, uh, completely uh, different in the whole fixing planes not flying yes. them. he's fixing them that's completely different by the way <laughs> not even close to sports yeah not even close you wouldn't even think that bradley thing away from me yeah <laughs> but yeah guys that's probably going to be the end of our episode thank you guys for tuning in to another great episode uh of liberty sports fan podcast pretty soon we're going to be discussing our Conference USA preview, which is going to be coming up for this upcoming football season. Uh, we should get that episode hopefully in a couple weeks out after the spring games have concluded, but uh, cannot wait for the next episode. I hope you guys have a fantastic day. Again, my name is Ethan Bryant alongside Bradley Cooper. Thank you guys for tuning in.